What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Afternoon Ask Ask Anything show here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm Chris Carter. We got a little bit of a substitution this week. Normally, we have three riders ready for you. We had some uh, last-minute adjustments we had to make. We'll be having our other riders on very soon as well. Um, today we were going to have Dion. He's, he's dealing with some things. So, you know me, I come in anytime I need to come off the bench. Chris Carter is happy to do so and give you some solid reps. So remember, if this is the Ask Anything show, you can listen to this on our DK Sports Radio podcast form after we're done. But if you're watching live, whether it's Facebook Live, YouTube, or Periscope via Twitter, you can ask questions to us by going into the comment section and dropping us your questions right there, and it will get li- answered live on the show. Now, with me today, we're going to have Gerard Gilberto, our our new Pirates beat writer, and Tom Reed, who's joining the stream right now. What's up, Tom? How you doing, my man? Good, my man. How are you? I'm doing great, and you sound good, too. Looks like you got a good connection there. We're going to get Gerard in a little bit here, uh, but we're going we're gonna to get rolling. Okay, we got we got questions rolling in already. Uh, but, Tom, some crazy news just happened in the NFL. Uh, first, we're going to say hi to one of our guys. Eric, what's up? What's up, Eric? How you been, man? Good to, good to see you on the stream, as always. But there's huge NFL news afoot, Tom, and it's that the Raiders – or the Ravens, excuse me. The Ravens have traded – with the Kansas City Chiefs, they got rid of their uh, their tackle uh, Orlando Brown to the Chiefs for several picks, including the Chiefs' first round pick at thirty one this year. I saw that thirty first pick um, as a thing. And oh, oh, before we continue this, welcome to the street, Gerard Gilberto. Gerard, it's my first time getting to see your face, man. It's so nice to finally meet you. Yeah, you too, guys. I, I Tom Carter, both of you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, welcome to the stream. Remember, this is the Ask Anything show, y'all. So we got we got a Steelers writer here. Tom does everything. And, of course, we got Gerard, who's who's just going hard on the, on the Pirates beat. So we will have questions all over the place. But the first question I'm talking about right now, the Ravens trading. Uh, we're still working on all the picks. I believe they gave up a second-round pick to get that first-round pick, including giving up Orlando Brown. But this gives the Ravens two first round picks coming after the Steelers and takes away a potential spot where I saw the Steelers could trade back this year because I saw that the Chiefs being able to say, hey, you know what? What if we want one of those top offensive tackles if they fall to 24? And that would have allowed the Steelers to trade back, get an extra day two pick. But man, this is different. And now the Ravens, they're in an interesting position. Tom, what are your thoughts being a guy who's followed the AFC North for a long time? Well, first of all, you you knew that you knew that Kansas City uh, being the championship window wide open after watching that Super Bowl uh, with, the, with the issues they had blocking, uh, no tackles, uh, is just, you know, they had to do something. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the Ravens, uh, they've, you know, I think the Ravens feel right now they're kind of on one plane. They can't go much further where they are in yeah. the playoffs. I mean, they were either they were fortunate to win the game that they won uh, this year the Titans, uh, so yeah. they, they've got to they've got to try to make some moves here, and this is a it's an interesting trade. It's a good trade, I think, for both teams. I, I think it is too. It's very interesting. We will see how this continues to impact draft night because you know now there's talk about the Cowboys maybe looking to trade, the Dolphins maybe looking to trade. It's still you know the draft is less than a week away, Tom, and there's still so much to talk about. I wanted to get a chance to talk to you about uh, the hockey game because Sidney Crosby doing the doggone thing. Uh, Matt wish Matt wish on it says how about Crosby last night he's having a, 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 a I think an kind of an under the radar terrific season 
Uh, there's been so much talk uh, in in the hockey universe of 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 the all Canadian division and the things that are going on up there uh, uh, with Leon Drysido, uh, with 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 McDavid, with Austin Matthews, and then you look out west and the, the year that some of those young guns in Colorado are having. Uh, come on, hey, a little respect for the elders. I mean, Sidney Crosby has had a terrific year, has really kind of dragged a team who's had so many injuries. Uh, into a chance to win the division. I think he's been fantastic. I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to get – I think he'll get some MVP votes. I don't think he's going to win the MVP. But I, I just – his 200-foot game continues uh, to impress. And uh, as we, we said on our, our, our podcast yesterday, the 87 podcast, one of the best bad-angle goal scorers I've ever seen. Uh, didn't get one last night, but uh, a couple nights earlier, a couple Just nights ago, I saw that. Play. I was like, dang. like it was, it was nasty. Uh, Tom, I want to get Gerard on his baseball question. Gerard, Richard Deal asks you, I know that Adam Frazier would probably be traded, but wouldn't it also make sense to pursue a three-year deal with him? It seems he only gets better every year. I've always liked and rooted for him. Same with Reynolds. Any news on the Pirates working out a deal with Frazier? Uh, nothing on that front yet. Um, but. I mean, you want to be good in the future. You have good players. It, you know what I mean? It, it, the rebuild doesn't have to be sell off everything and everything and everything. The total teardown job is is kind of done at this point. Right. You have guys there that you're going to build around. If Can Frazier be one of them? Sure. But I think the reason Frazier's name keeps coming up most is, well, he's, he's hitting the ball very well, and he'll probably give you the best return. Um, so right now I, I, don't, I don't think they're – pursuing anything there uh at the moment at least but i mean guys hitting what 333 yeah right who doesn't want that guy on his team exactly um so he keeps hitting the price goes up or if they want to hold on to him that obviously would work too it'd be good to have a veteran contact hitter especially when guys you know keep coming up uh through the ranks there the the only thing i think that would sort of push him out is there's so heavy in middle infield at the prospect level. Yeah. So two years from now, you could have the over Peguero O'Neill Cruz, uh, Nick Gonzalez uh, playing those middle infield spots. And that's where Frazier's uh, might get pushed out a little. So, you know, if you could get a, maybe an outfield prospect or a pitching prospect for him. Sure. And it's, it's kind of what they've done the whole time. And, and the idea of keeping, some of these guys obviously is mm-hmm. is, is valid. I, it, like you said, you you're not just going to have children running around in the outfield. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, this isn't uh, the World Series when the Giants are playing. <laughs> With, um, but okay, let's let's keep it rolling here. Uh, uh, our man Patrick. Hey, Patrick Kelly, I get it. You, you turned on to hear the Steelers to hear talk about the Steelers. We're getting to it, man. Calm down. But Patrick also has an interesting question for you, Tom. He says, "What kind of cigar is that?" Oh, it's it's just uh, it's it's called a farce, okay. Farce cigar, just I, an El Cheapo. I just picked it up in a grab bag. Uh, thought I'd bring <laughs> it on the show today. Uh, so you know, years hey. later, it's a, it's a little too early for happy hour for for this for this guy. 
So that's that's another thing I wanted to get to. We did have a question from Tim Alice, or excuse me, that's uh, later. Uh, bu- 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 there we go. It's, it was Paul Ski, Paul Ski Five Cents, who always is on our show. Thanks, Paul. He asked, "What's happening to the Friday Mike's Beer Bar Show?" That's kind of what this is, just every day of the week. Um, so as you might have you, you might have seen me sipping on some things because Paul uh, 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 Tom has his aesthetic with cigars. I have a little drink here, but this isn't beer. This is kombucha. It's tea. It has probiotics in it. It's good for you and it's helping me lose some pounds right now um so there's that um yeah, shut up unprepared to this thing huh yeah what, what's going on gerard no, you, come on man get on the game get on the game at least have you, need a prop. Water you, you need a prop you need a, you need to have a prop of some kind right <laughs> he's like he's like i'm working on it. i'm working on it. um but but all all in good fun as well um <laughs> you need a raise. I feel you, Patrick. Um, all right, let's get to – there was a Steelers question way back up here, and it is the big news of the day for the Steelers. Of course, uh, how may Justin Lane facing felony charges uh, impact the Steelers' NFL draft? Now, as I understand, there's only one felony charge. So technically, it's not felony charges. Uh, but uh, for those who didn't see the news, Justin Lane, Steelers cornerback, was charged around 3 a.m. Uh, this morning. Uh, with uh, two vehicle violations, he was speeding and he was driving with a suspended license in Ohio. Um, and he his, he caught a firearm charge. That's the felony because he had a loaded gun within reach of him um, in in the vehicle, which is against the law. So, I mean, I don't think that Justin Lane doomed his career with this move, but I do think it puts a red flag on a guy who hasn't proven anything to anybody. He played a handful of snaps this year in the NFL. He didn't wow anybody, and in fact, in the playoff game, the Steelers used an undrafted rookie named James Pierre to play at cornerback instead of him. Um, to me, all the things that, that, that should be said right now about Justin Lane is like, hey, I, I don't think this dooms his career, but this means there's a lot more pressure on you now in St. Vincent College when uh, when when training camp rolls around because if, he's, if, 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 if there's a little bit of a battle between him and James Pierre or whoever they draft this year, because I do think that they will add at the cornerback position maybe even twice in this NFL draft, there's going to be people looking at him and say, you know what, if it's if it's neck and neck with you and the other guy, We'll go with the guy that doesn't, you know, get into trouble. So, you know, Justin Lane, I don't think it's the end for him. I, you know, I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Tom, as well. But it's certainly a red flag that no NFL team wants any part of. Well, you know, my experience with the NFL as far as issues with with the law is it 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 all forgiveness and willing to keep you around all has to do with sadly with performance. Uh, I, I remember Josh Gordon here in Cleveland. Yeah, uh, they gave him 830 chances. Uh, obviously, a different issue with substance abuse uh, because he was a great player. Uh, guys, mm-hmm. uh, we can think on down the line. Uh, who am I thinking of? Alden Smith. Yes, who just got uh, arrested again, by the way. Uh, but Alden Smith could play the game. Yeah, he's when you start to get to this point where you're ha- where you are causing problems and you're not a regular or a fringe player, uh, yeah, you have some you have some explaining to do, and you better be lights out in training camp, or you're probably going to be somewhere else uh, looking for a job once the season gets going. To, to your point, Tom, Michael Nesbick says Justin who, and that's the problem when you're a who. You cannot afford to be messing up and getting yourself in trouble uh, with, with, with the law. So interesting stuff there. Um, I wanted to revert back to this. Kirk Weaver asks, what do you think about Richard Rodriguez being the team's most viable trade piece by the deadline? Yeah, that's that's a great point because uh, you've seen 
the market for relievers uh, at, at trade deadlines in the past, and, and he's been so good. And it's not just this year. Obviously, it's eight innings, eight, eight and a third, I think he has this year. But going back to last August, the guy hadn't allowed a run. And, and he's he's been that good. And there are teams you, you, you'll see injuries happen in the bullpen all, all the time, you, you know, and, and just think about how the Pirates roster is constructed. And that's not based on personnel. A lot of that is based on the fact that you're playing 160 after or 162 after 60. Mm-hmm. So guys are going to have to eat up innings and, and teams are going to u- are using a lot of relievers and he's a damn good one. And, and but, you know, like we just mentioned with, with Frazier, obviously it would be good to have a guy that's talented already established uh, for these, the, the rebuild, you know, right. whatever it is, 2023, let's say they're ready to contend or, or whatever that is. But, Hell, if they keep winning now, why trade them? Uh, I, I get the concept, <laughs> um, but uh, no, it, it's it's a it's a fair point, um, and you know, I it's just such a tough market for acquiring prospects right now, just in general. I mean, look at the package that the Cardinals, uh, the Rockies got from the Cardinals for Arenado. Mm. You know, it's guys are not giving up their number one prospect anymore. It's just not happening. Right. The Glaber Torres for a Roldis Chapman deals aren't happening. Um, so that would be, you know, it would be a good that Rich Rodriguez should land you someone good, especially considering the position and, and how good he's been. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's a very fair point. Yeah, and that's what Richard Deal asks is what kind of return that you think you could get for Rich Rod right now. So that's I think that was great. Well, very astute of you to, for Gerard to carry that on and to kind of answer that question here. We're going to roll back a bit because we got some other questions. I want to make sure we get to everybody. Uh, we got Jose Juan Gonzalez who asks, Hi, guys. Do you think Mike Tomlin's new contract may alter in any way the Steelers draft strategy, probably to a more to a one more long term rather than a win now approach? I, I honestly don't think they were ever doing a win now approach. I'm not sure what a win now approach would look like uh, other than if they traded up to get like the first overall pick and then drafted you know someone that isn't a quarterback. Uh, getting, getting Jeff Carter is a win now approach. Right. For the that's, the that's, the, that's the Penguins do, doing that. The Steelers right now. Um, also, getting a Carter anywhere is a win now approach because I will get you doubled. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but in all seriousness, uh, the Steelers were going into this draft planning on hey, like, like I keep talking about the running back position, and some people think that's a hey, that's a win now approach because running backs don't last as long as say an offensive tackle or uh, someone else. And I'm just like, eh, running back is not a win now approach when it's when you have the top tier running back that are probably going to be gone by the time you have a second round pick. And then you have several offensive tackles and centers and offensive linemen that you could draft in the second and third rounds who could probably contribute as early as this year. And to me, it's, it's not a, you know, I think too many people go into the draft with the scope, with the same scope every year that every, every draft class is exactly the same. And it's just not. And that's why I say the whole time, whether this was Tomlin's last year or not, they were going for the approach that we're building for for now, and that's what the Steelers are going to do. Um, and if Mike Tomlin was handing over the reins the next year, that was fine. You know, Bill Bill Cowher, he won he won his Super Bowl in two thousand five. Retired the tried the year later. They didn't make any win now moves. You know, the, after that, they were just like, eh, you know what, um, he's done. We're going to keep it building. And the and the the core that he put together, Mike Tomlin retooled it a little bit with some other guys, brought up brought up some guys a little bit faster, and then they were able to able to win a Super Bowl three years later. That's just how the Steelers work. At least that's how they have worked. So I don't think anything's going to be about win now. I think it's just going to be continuing um, to look at where they could, uh, where where they can keep building. 
Uh, we're getting some people that are saying, hey, man, we should be drinking. And I feel I feel you, Michael Nesbitt. I feel you, Daniel Matos. I feel both of y'all saying, tell me to crack a beer. But, hey, kombucha is pretty good, man. If you get the right kombucha, too, it, it, can, it can, has a little bit of kick to it. But this one's, a, this one's a free one. This is from Red Star Kombucha. Actually, I found out about Red Star Kombucha because they had kombucha at the Steelers cafeteria during St. Vincent College's uh, uh, training camp a couple years back. And the Steelers chef was like, that stuff actually really good for you. So then all of a sudden, I started getting Red Star Kombucha. It's really good. So Do they uh, have give- that on tap at Mike's Beer Bar? They unfortunately do not. I talked to Mike about that. That's something that they make it down the line. But if you want beer, there's no better place to get beer than Mike's Beer Bar. They got 80 beers on tap at all time, 500 total. You can get six crowlers and get three of them for free when you get the other three. And you can get you can get the uh, the mix and match six packs. Great deals. I go to Mike's Beer Bar all the time to get my IPAs, to get my stouts, and to try all these different beers from all across, especially Western Pennsylvania, where they highlight things. So do check that out if, if you want yourself a beer. All right. We're going back. You're not into- now. You just know that. You just know that perfectly, too. Yeah, I do. You're, and you're the other thing is I go there all the time. Yeah, yeah, hey man, hey man, it's, I'm Chris Carter, baby. You get you a Carter when you need to win now. And Mike's beer barter winning right now, so uh, is, that's because that's because they got me a meat. Is Mike's uh, actually still a sponsor? You just going off the coffee or Carter? Yes, no, Mike's is still a sponsor <laughs> of the website. Come on, man, come on, Drew. You trying to mess up the show? All right, we got a question. Oh, from you Gabe. may get a direct, or you may get a straight red card for that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, <laughs> get out of here. Um, also, chill with the soccer references, Tom. You know, the soccer, the Super League's done. They ain't even, they're not even doing it anymore. So let's let's stick let's stick to things that are right here and now. Um, <laughs> but uh, okay, let's let's get back to being serious. Um, Gabriel asks, besides being a running back, what's the likelihood of a top of going for a top corner or an edge in round two? Cornerbacks like uh, Stokes from Georgia or Rousseau, uh, and then going uh, center in round three, thinking Trey Hill or Kendrick Green. Okay. Few things there. One, I'm not a Stokes guy. If you're going corner in round two, I really like Asante Samuel Jr. If he's sitting there, ooh, I think he would he would be a very interesting pick. Um, I also would like Tyson Campbell in round three. I, I think there's there's some really good athletes at cornerback this year. Um, it's also going to be very interesting to see how this plays out because like there there are different reads across the board on how this cornerback is going to work because there are some people who think Caleb Farley's the best cornerback in this draft class there are some people who think he's not even a, worthy of a first round pick because of the injuries he suffered and the back surgeries he's had to have so to me the Steelers they should still be going running back or offensive line round 1 but when they get to round 2 I wouldn't be going for Eric Stokes. I think he needs to work on his, his ability to change direction a little bit better, to flip his hips and get going quicker. I, I would like Asante Samuel. I think that that would be a heck of a pick. Elijah Molden is very interesting to me. And then when you get to the third round, I'd, I'd be I'd be willing to talk about Trill Williams or Tyson Campbell, um, maybe even Aaron Robinson as a slot guy. Uh, but you know, th- those would be the guys there. As for edge rusher, I just I'm if Rousseau's sitting at fifty five, okay, different because because he's a guy that I think could get picked in the first round. If he falls that far, that's something to look at. I like Joe Tryon out of Washington in the second round. I think he's sitting at fifty five, but I don't think he will be. I think he'll get picked up. But if he's at fifty five, that would be very tempting. Um, but I, I think edge rusher is something that they're going to wait for either the third round or the fourth round to go after just with the class that is this year and the other things that are available. And especially because when you look at center, it's good that you brought up um, – excuse me, make sure I'm getting on the right screen here. It's good that you brought up Trey Hill and Kendrick Green because those are the guys after the top class. Of this year's centers, Landon Dickerson, Creed Humphrey, 
uh, Quentin Miners, Josh Myers, and then a drop off. And then after that drop off is when you start to get to the to the Trey Smiths and the uh, um, the Deontay Browns. Now I, I like Deontay Brown a little bit better. I'm sorry, Tom. Chris, go ahead, Chris. What are you? Okay, so I so in your in your mind, what you yes. are, your first round pick is a running back. Yes, it, it, un, okay. un, unless something someone incredible falls to you, like Michael oh, Parsons okay. of Penn State. My question then is: Is it, this to go back to the question a little bit earlier about trying yeah. to either win now or win down the line? Where are you going to get your left tackle? Or are you just is it going to be? Uh, what are you doing at left tackle? Well, that's that. It's a good thing you asked that because in the second round, I would project that you have a, you have a decent shot. At Clemson's tackle, at Jackson Carmen, I think that you'd have an excellent shot at Spencer Brown. And there's a guy, uh, he's on Twitter, he calls himself at MathBomb, um, but he does all these calculations of all, of going back to 1987, how NFL players measured with their best pro days, combines, and their heights, and their weights, and everything. Spencer Brown was statistically the best rated offensive tackle he's ever done his computations on. And that doesn't mean that Spencer Brown is, you know, you know, the superstar of this class because that's absolutely Penny Sewell and he's going top five. But Spencer Brown would be your guy. You could get him in the third round of this draft class. If you wanted to be extra safe, get him in the second round. And I think that immediately he comes into training camp and you're like, okay, that guy's making a difference. He's six eight, he's six eight and a half inches or half he's six eight and a half tall. He's 314 pounds. He can move. He has huge arms. He he knows how to throw his weight around. That'd be a guy that I go get. Um, I also really like uh, Walter Little from Stanford. I think you can get him in the third and fourth rounds. Uh, James Hudson from Cincinnati. Uh, there, there's a lot of guys out there that I really think could fit the Steelers and and help them out. But if you go in the first round, it's going to be tricky because I see Penny Sewell being gone, Rashawn Slater being gone, and Christian Derisaw being gone. And then you start to ask Tevin Jenkins of Oklahoma State. You like him, but a dynamic running back fixes your run game much faster than one offensive lineman. And we've seen that when from how Le'Veon Bell averaged 178 yards when, when they had B.J. Finney starting compared to when they didn't have him and they averaged less than 100. I, I just – I can't ignore just how much a dynamic running back like a Najee Harris or a Travis Etienne would change things. But that's to answer your question. There are tackles and centers you can get in the second, third rounds who will help this year. So great way to, way to help me steer, steer to help uh, Gabriel out there. All right, let's keep rolling here. Got a lot of Steelers questions. I'm trying to switch it up here. Okay. We got a, um, we got a, we got a Pirates question here. Mac, which on asks, I know it's early, but the Pirates have taken series against top teams in major league baseball. Do you think that the 100 loss season is going to happen? Uh, here, 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 here. No, let's <laughs> say it now. Yeah. Let's say it now. Pirates aren't going to lose all the games. There, there's too much there. Um, and I know that you can tell that the first two questions were about, hey, what can we get for these guys? <laughs> you know, it, it's there's talent there, and you know this is all done without their without Brian Hayes, and it's easy to you know anoint him the best player, and certainly he's shown that he he could be, but he's he's a young guy, he hasn't played too much. That being considered, this would be a very like a much better team with him. Um, so, no, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that they're not going to lose 100. I don't think that's that big of a swing, but I, I don't think they're going to lose 100. Um, yeah, and I, I think that so long as some of these guys who already have up their trade value and what is it, the 29th? Yeah, less mm-hmm. than a, like a little less than a month. Yeah, so long as they're, they're still around, they're going to win some games. They're going to steal some games. Now – they did get a little lucky missing Tatis 
when the Padres were in town. Uh, they missed Yelich when they were in Milwaukee. Sure, they missed uh, in this Detroit series. Cabrera is not who he was, but you know, mm-hmm. no Cabrera. Then you know, they didn't see. They saw Scooble, but they didn't see Casey Mize. Those guys from the Tigers. But yeah, I I think at this point now, don't be afraid to be optimistic. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 <laughs> we're beyond the fatalistic. I think. Um, you know, if, if it comes back, it comes back. But at this point right now, throw out the uh, the fatalistic attitudes and try and enjoy and, some winning baseball. And something that that Dayon brought up, you know, months ago when people started talking about a hundred a hundred loss season, that was that I didn't even think about was that. In my lifetime, I was born in 1989. In my lifetime, the Pirates have had two 100-loss seasons. And I've seen some horrible baseball teams in Pittsburgh. I mean, I grew up most of my life. The Pirates have been horrible. But that that's, that's the thing is that they've been so bad, they've only had two of such years. So I totally get where you come from there. And yeah, and, and least, I'm jumping out, I'm jumping out yeah. on a limb here too because the Yankees aren't this bad. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Are, it's, like, it's, certain teams are going to turn it on, April right? April 29th. Yeah, it's April 29th. So me taking the big swing with the hundred, no hundred loss season is, is the craziest thing that should be said about the Pirates <laughs> so far. Bubba Banjo, uh, one of our longtime subscribers, asked, hey, what do y'all think about uh, what what do you think turned the Steelers from 11-0 to a flop in 2020 and what can fix it? Lack of a running game, which is why they need to get a running back. Uh, they they when, when they were running the ball, they used to, when they were averaging 130 yards on the ground, they were dominating and they were beating everybody in their path. When they stopped running the ball in their last five games, they averaged around 52 yards per game on the ground. That is the difference, and it's because they don't have they didn't have a running back that Ben said, I feel comfortable giving it to this guy and letting him work in the clutch moments. You need to be able to win third and one. You need to be able to carry the carry the rock. You need to be able to push things forward. So that's my biggest thing here. Uh Daniel Matos, we're flipping it back to hockey for a second. He says, I might be a homer, but I'm actually betting betting actual money on the penguins this season. Tom, it seems like if you're betting money on the penguins, it'd be a good thing right now. now to win the cup. Well, that's a good question. He didn't say that. I mean, I'm I mean, saying night after night. Them... <clears throat> I'm sorry. I say I, I'd say night after I'm night. Betting them, I'm like betting. I'm, I'm betting. I'm putting my money on the Penguins to beat the the Devils again mm-hmm. on uh, uh, tomorrow or when. Uh, yeah, said was be Saturday. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I think that I look at scenarios and within the East Division where I think they could be, I think they beat Boston. Boston's a one line team. They're playing a lot better and. Uh, We'll get to see them here on Sunday and Tuesday. Uh, I think with the other two teams, with Washington and the Islanders, I think they're they're pickums. I I could make a case for them, the Penguins getting out and and winning those series, and I could make a case for those teams beating um, the Penguins. They they in fact those are two of the last three teams that have beaten them in the playoffs. So I think it's going to be a, a really 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 good playoff in the East Division. Uh, beyond that. I, who knows? I mean, it's just it's hard for me to picture someone beating one of those teams in the West right now. But you never know. You, know, you, you never know what's going to happen outside of, of, of this uh, outside of the, of the conference or divisions. I guess they are there right now. Uh, but I think it'll be a fabulous playoffs because I think that's just that they are that evenly matched uh, with these teams. And uh, we talked about this the other day as far as. Uh, Dave Molinari was wasn't really concerned about you know maybe having home ice. He just wants to see him finish right. strongly. I think if you finish strongly, you may end up winning the division uh, because 
after after this last minor league game tomorrow, they 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 will play Boston and then they play Washington. That series with Washington could end up be could end up being who determines or who gets first place in that division. Very interesting stuff indeed. We will see how that playoff race kind of uh, pans out. Um, back to the Steelers real quick here. Uh, Timothy C. Hemis asks, uh, the second tight end position is a need and one of the reasons why the running game stunk. Banner was essentially a blocking tight end two years ago as a tackle that was who was eligible. Are there any prospects in this draft? I assume that you're talking about the tight end position there. Um, so a guy that I think they could get without reaching because all you know, Kyle Pitts not going to happen. I don't think Pat Frymouth is your guy. He's not that much of a blocker. Brevin Jordan would be an interesting guy who can occasionally block, but he's more of a receiver and he's an impressive athlete from Miami. But the real guy here is Tommy Tremble from no- from Notre Dame. He's six foot four, two forty eight, probably the best combination of a blocking and receiving tight end in this draft class. I think you'd either have to get him, you'd have to trade back in the second round and get him late in the second because I don't think he's worth the fifty fifth overall pick. Or you take the game, you take the gamble, and if he's sitting there at eighty seven, that'd be worth a pick because I think Tommy Tremble's a guy who that you could work him behind Ebron for now, and then when Ebron contract runs out after this year, um, then you keep and you see if he's ready to step up into the number one role. Um, or you know, if he's not, then you address it in free agency, bring back Ebron or what have you. Um, other guys, Hunter Long would be decent, but not a guy who I think would be amazing. But after Hunter Long, there's a steep drop off because then you get to the Trey McKitties, the Quentin Morrises, the Nick Eubankses, and none of those guys I think are th- those are like gambling like they did on Zach Gentry. Those aren't going to be tight ends that just jump in. Um, and Kyle Myers, of course, says trade back, covert trade back. I listen, I've been saying it for a while. It would behoove the Steelers to trade back in this NFL draft class. Um, Christopher Pete says, I'm fearing the Steelers based on Ben being able to summon 90% of prime Ben for four or five games, key games this year. Uh, But what, excuse me, I'm not going to say that one, uh, but what would constitute a successful season if he can't get there anymore? I I think a successful season right now is uh, finding your identity for the future for when Ben isn't here. Um, And that would be a big step for the Steelers. Um, A huge step, in my opinion, would be if they were able to get 11 wins. So that would be what 11 and six with this new uh, a new seven game season. That would be that would be like my like, okay, y'all did the doggone thing. But I think it's very realistic that this team gets 10 wins or nine nine to 10 wins. I don't see this team having a losing record. Uh, They still have a very talented defense. You know, for all the things that people say about Roethlisberger, he can still hit the deep ball. You just don't want him to have to try to hit so many passes all throughout a game. And that's again, you get Najee Harris. I'm telling y'all, that dude's gonna change everything. You know, with even if even if they don't end up getting a superstar center in the second round, I, I think that a player like that changes the ground game. And heck, we saw it the last time this team had a had had playoff wins. They had a primary running back toting a rock and and doing the things that Najee Harris did for Alabama. So um, that would be my 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 changes here. And that kind of I guess pieces off on what John Lee was saying here. If Roethlisberger struggles with the offense, would Rudolph get a, a shot at starting? Listen. Rudolph's only chance of starting this year is if Ben gets hurt or he has like multiple five pick games. I mean, five pick games. Like that's, that's the level that, that, that we're talking about here. Um, but, 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 but looking up some questions, we're running out of time here. Lots of Steelers questions here, guys. I get that the NFL draft is around. Thank you for all your questions. So I just, we're just going to rapid fire here, Tom. Um, uh, we'll let Tom, I'll let you handle this one. So I'm not just monologuing here. Paul, Paul Thomas the third asks, uh, when do the Steelers realistically have to start talking rebuild at the end of the season? If, if, if the end of the season's end with the same result year after year. Well, I, I think what he's saying is uh, with the same, 
Uh, I, I just think that, the, that they should start working toward it now. Uh, and, and I think that, Carter, what you've been saying the whole time makes a lot of sense as far as uh, you're going to need a running good running game yeah. and a good left tackle no matter who the quarterback is in 2022. Uh, so I think that's a, a smart way to build. Uh, it helps, A, it helps Ben for, for, for next season, and it helps whoever ends up being the heir apparent uh, the year afterwards, um, again, I, I think you're, I, I don't, I, I, and I do think this does dovetail off an earlier question. Are they in win now mode? I think they're just, re, I don't think you have to worry about that. And the, and I don't think in the NFL you can, unless you're making some really crazy trades, uh, you have to worry about that. I think just keep building. Uh, and, and I think the running back and a, a uh, an offensive tackle is certainly, helping you now and it's helping you in the, in the, in the, in the near future. Right. I hear that entirely. Um, keeping moving forward here. Gabriel asked a lot of questions, but I'm, I'm going to try to limit to the one cause we we got We got to get to wrapping here guys. But, uh, um, he says, I love the six foot two Le'Veon Bell type of running back in Najee, but talent wise, he prefers Javante Williams, but they definitely will have to get one of the top three ATM would be great too. I'm just saying, Hey, listen, that's the key. Get one of the top three backs and then you could address the offensive line in the second and third rounds where that position is extremely deep. But if you get to the second and third rounds and those three backs are gone, you're, you're going to be hurt. You're, you're going to be gambling at running back for the fifth year in a row. And we've seen how that's worked out in the last two years. Um, finishing up here with our last couple questions. If the Steelers go running back to 24, will they sign a veteran free agent um, or roll with the current roster? I think that they will still look at maybe free agents that are available to boost the running back room, especially because after the draft, you'll be talking about not losing comp picks for anyone you sign. So they, they'll, they'll definitely be making some signings. I don't know if it'll be at running back, but definitely other positions. And then uh, a housekeeping note from Paulski Five Cents uh, says is there going to be a virtual DK NFL draft watch party for the first round? Um, maybe we're still working on that because right now Dale Dale Long and I are planning on doing a live file like we always do uh, for the NFL draft day because him and I are going to be kind of you know doing that uh, exclusively ourselves and we'll be working with Tom and DK and getting stuff out quickly. We'll see if we can manage that on the night of the draft. It's going to be a lot of chaos and movement, so we'll have a lot of moving parts there. But. Um, just wanted to, uh, but wanted to just let you know. So thanks everyone for listening to, uh, for watching, watching and listening to the, uh, the Friday edition of the Af- ask uh, afternoon, ask anything show here by DK Pittsburgh sports.com and on DK sports radio. If you're listening to the podcast version, please go rate us five stars, leave us a positive comment. That stuff really helps us out. And if you're not subscribed to DK sports radio, get on it. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're anywhere podcasts are hosted. Thanks so much again for listening and watching. We'll see you next week with more ask afternoon, ask anything. Nice to meet you, Gerard. Yeah, great meeting you guys.